Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the Shiny Bees podcast, Catch Up. Coming up in today's show, we have a catch up, the return of the Whipping Piccadilly section and we go to visit Robben Island in the South Africa section. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the Shiny Bees podcast. It's nice to be back podcasting with you again and lovely to have you here with me. A warm welcome to any new listeners and a welcome back to any returning listeners. I hope you've all had a lovely Christmas and New Year and I've enjoyed time with your families or doing whatever it is that you like to do over the holiday season. We've been quite busy. I'm not entirely sure with what exactly, but it was or has been a lot busier than I expected. HBM and Millie came back from Africa a week earlier than expected, so I didn't get anything like the amount of time to do stuff that I thought I would. But it was obviously very nice to have them back in the UK with me as well, and we've had a great time being here so far. The last podcast was at the beginning of December, which was prior to the podcaster hangout that I took part in with Martin of IMEI, along with Amanda from Craft Life and with Laura from the Apocalyptic Niner podcast. I'm not sure if you all managed to listen to it or not or watch it because it was a video cast and then it was released as an audio file on the iMac episode 50 of iMac podcast and also there were links to it in uh, the Craft Life and Apocalyptic Diner podcasts and blogs as well but yes we had a very good time it was a very good laugh I was very honoured to be asked to join in and really look forward to it because I seem to share a very similar sense of humour to Laura from Apocalyptic Diner so I was really looking forward to having a bit of a a giggle with her. I really enjoyed being part of that and as I mentioned if you haven't heard it you can do so via episode 50 of iMate which is the audio from that uh, podcaster hangar. It is an hour long so just be aware of that if you have downloaded issues as I did in Africa and also you can watch uh, the video as well via all three of the blogs but the video and the audio are both not on my blog at the moment because I don't have a video upgrade and I wanted to keep the bandwidth on the Libsyn for the podcast I did have planned but didn't quite get round to. So I think you'll enjoy that if you enjoy any of our podcasts and also you'll get to hear about the infamous thong man. More on him later. Thank you very much to everyone who got in touch to offer congratulations and good wishes for uh, the new baby that should be here fairly soon. I am quite a grumpy pregnant person. I really don't like the way that being pregnant automatically makes you a a target for all kinds of random things like the random belly touching that goes on. I don't know you. Please don't touch me. It's not a petting zoo and I don't really mind if it's someone that I know quite well. In fact someone I know well enough to share a toilet cubicle with this is a big queue. That's fine. But the waiter in the Indian restaurant, really? Do you really think you should be touching me? That's quite inappropriate. And I just find the whole thing a little bit icky, to be honest with you. I don't... 
And I kind of... I know I don't understand why people do it. I think it's really rude. Uh, but people have explained it to me and kind of... Oh, well, you know, people think it's really nice and it's a community thing and it's marvelling at the, the miracle of life and all this. And I'm just like, no, it's inappropriate groping of my stomach. Thank you. Just get away from me. And I'm quite lucky in that I, I must have this aura of don't touch me anyway. I'm quite... I'm, I'm a friendly person, but I just, you know don't touch me <laughs> ever <laughs> and, um, other people or other friends that I know just seem to attract the weird either being groped repeatedly or the weirdest comments from people because everyone is an armchair gynecologist slash sonographer slash midwife these days and just because they've had a child they automatically think that that you want them to give you their entire rundown of of, of child knowledge and I, I quite often sit there thinking I wouldn't take advice on you on what to feed my dog frankly let alone my child but nod and smile nod and smile because that's the only way to get rid of them and one of my friends is expecting a baby in a couple of weeks and her next door neighbour who she doesn't know really never been round came and knocked on her door the other day because she had the windows open in the house and she knocked on the door and said, oh, I just thought I'd call round and see if you'd had the baby yet because your windows are open. And my friend was just sat there going, no, why would I open the windows on a freezing cold day if I had a brand new baby in the house? <laughs> this is quite strange. <laughs> and you just get people saying the most weird things to you. Like, guess it or you must be, that's my other favourite. Oh, you're definitely having a boy. This was my friend's mum. You're definitely having a boy because you... And I, I jokingly said, well, because I'm all out front. And she went, yeah, yeah, because you'd be fat all over if you were having a girl. I was like, thanks for that. <laughs> Clearly, you know, very scientific knowledge. And there are some people who are a bit baby whisperish and, and they do know things. You know, they can guess when people are pregnant when no one else knows and all that kind of stuff. But the majority of things is just complete goff. I don't want your old wives' tales. I don't... I just... Just don't talk to me. Just don't say anything. Because whatever you say is probably going to be stupid and irrelevant. And I really just... I don't want to hear it because I'm a grumpy pregnant person. I don't want your attention. Thank you. So... Oh, sorry, that was a bit of a rant, wasn't it? It's been... Clearly been holed up for quite some time. But I know quite a few of my uh, listeners are expecting a baby and are probably nodding along going, Oh, sister, you are so right. If one more person tells me I'm carrying low or I'm doing this or I'm doing that I am going to actually strangle someone so this is for you girls just nod and smile nod and smile I've mentioned briefly the thong man thong man is the alter ego of my brother-in-law and it was discussed at some some considerable length actually on the podcast the hangout because Thong man, my brother-in-law, ordinarily he comes at Christmas and he cooks a Christmas dinner, but he always cooks Christmas dinner in his boxer shorts, which is more than a little traumatic when you're hungover. But this year he knew, he heard about the whole thong man thing and he brought a dressing gown. He didn't cook it in his, his underpants like he normally does. He wore a dressing gown and was quite kind of shy about the whole thing and I said to him look the people they want to hear from you they want to know about thong man and everything and they want to send you some uh, questions to answer they want you to be on the podcast 
And he jokingly said, yeah, well, okay, I will. But only if someone knits me a knitted thong. And Laura from Apocalypse Town actually offered to do <laughs> to do that. So I think he's on a bit of a diet now. I think he's worried. I did explain that it's not a video podcast, but he, he seems to have gone all bashful about the whole thing, which is kind of funny for him because he's really not bothered normally. He hasn't been dressed as thongman or done any uh, charity thongmanning yet uh, this year, but it might be something that he does in the near future. If you would like to send in any questions for Thongman, because he should be here in a couple of weeks, he's going to come and visit again, and I would quite like to interview him on the podcast for those of you that feel the need to hear from Thongman and his take on the world, uh, send him in. I think he'd really enjoy it. He's got quite a good sense of humour, so anything you do send in, even if it is a little bit left of centre, he's um, he, he's got quite a good banter, so he's not going to think you're too weird, don't worry. Other than that, I don't know if you've been watching it or not. I don't know if you get it in, in America straight away, but we've been watching Africa, the series, on the BBC. It's David Attenborough, and it's along the lines of uh, Blue Planet and... Was it Antarctica, the last one? Where there was big hullabaloo because they had polar bears that were in a zoo and not in the Antarctic or something. Anyway, we've been watching Africa. It's very, very good. There seems to be a lot of animals fighting in it mostly, uh, but it made us a bit homesick. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting and as usual, it you know, it's the BBC darling. The camera work and everything is really, really good. So if you haven't watched it, I would recommend it. Also, we've been catching up on podcasts here. I haven't been listening to a lot of them because I'm kind of hoarding them all away for when I get back to Africa, but I've been downloading them like a woman possessed. In fact, I've been downloading them so much that I think they've throttled the band, um, the internet, at my in-law's house because of it. <laughs> so I've been downloading them furiously and I'm looking forward to listening to some of those. I did listen, I have listened to one so far. I will talk about that in the show notes in a minute. And also in other exciting news for me, I won another competition. I never enter competitions because I never win anything. I don't even win at bingo. I've, last time I won was £10 in my second year at uni, which was 10 years ago. So, oh, well, nearly 10 years ago, I suppose. That was very exciting. It bought us three kebabs, but I haven't really won anything since then. I won a book of, uh, what are they called? Fiber Spates pattern book a couple of months ago. And recently I entered a competition on Ravelry with Flamboyance Yarns, which is an indie dyer in, up on the Fylde, which is near Blackpool in Lancastria. And because I'm a northerner, uh, I also like to support northern indie dyers so I did the South African thing and I'm mostly buying South African at the moment but I also like to go and visit her at least like once a quarter and order the yarn and then send it to my in-laws house and forget I've ordered it and then when I get back I'm like wow I've ordered all this yarn that I forgot about this is brilliant I entered a uh, competition and won a £5 voucher which was very exciting so I'm looking forward to picking out a new bit of yarn something to spend my Christmas money on but I have quite a few of their skins already I think my favorite is the box of crayons but I haven't used it yet because it's a bit of a kind of golden skein I need to find a pattern and really use it because it does not go with the whole 
if I crash my plane into a hill theory. So I will do that, but I recommend checking them out. The lady's name is Louise, she's very nice. They send the yarn out very, very quickly, which always pleases me. It's something a little bit different, really. I quite enjoy it. Big thank you to Louise from Flamboyant Yarns for me winning, and uh, look forward to my order soon. So I have a couple of shout-outs to do. I haven't done any shout-outs for a while, actually. Really. Well, it doesn't feel that way, to me at least. But I have a couple of listeners that got in touch. Mossy Moss Stitch, as she is on Ravelry, I think, on Twitter. She's a northerner. I've been talking to her this week. So a big hello to you. And also Lily's Shop. It's got three Ps at the end. Not sure whether that's right but she got in touch after the podcast to hang out to say hello so hello to you and your lovely doggies also there is Souf on Ravelry which is Arabic for wool and she's a nice lady called Anne from Denmark she did a couple of I think she wrote the pattern herself but she made some mittens and now she's made a hat as well called white and colourful for her little girl and it's really nice it's white and rainbow striped sort of fair isle so it's really pretty and really colourful I really liked it so I made a comment on her her project because I do like to have a nosy at what people have been making and sort of live vicariously through others knitting because I don't have time to knit much at the moment I really enjoyed those so go and have a look at them because they're really cute and hopefully she will write the pattern up or something or direct since to someone we can kind of make that pattern because I think it's really nice so hello to you Anne also a big hello to anyone who has come over from the two Knit Lit Chicks podcast and a big hello to Barb and Tracy hello they give me a shout out and play my promo very kindly on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I was listening to them in the bath the other day and I sounded very English compared to them but I really enjoyed it because they, they were a podcast that I've had on my list of American podcasts to try. I'm not anti-American podcasts at all. I don't know if I gave that impression in the first episode. I find you quite good fun as well to listen to. So they are a new to me podcast that you might want to have a check out if you haven't listened to them before. And so on to the Whipping Piccadilly section. There might be a slight change of volumes in this and the next section because I recorded it all the other night and I had a glass of wine and I was lying down on the bed and sounded a little bit sort of too relaxed <laughs> for my usual style so I decided to re-record it. Also, at the moment it's the afternoon and her Britannic Majesty is awake so you might hear some random background squeals or what have you. I'm afraid there's not really anything I can do about that because it's a very noisy household here so just uh, bear with me if you do hear any uh, shouting of Lego or mummy or dogs barking in the background. So knitting wise, not really achieved an awful lot considering it's been quite a few weeks since last time I did a Whipping Piccadilly section because I didn't do one in the last podcast. I think it was the one before that that was a Whipping Piccadilly section. And I was lamenting how long you can actually leave knitting for your baby before it becomes socially unacceptable. No one seemed to give me an answer on that. Uh, but 
you'll be pleased to hear that I did cast something on for the baby and it is finished. It went on and off the needles. It is somewhat unsurprisingly a nurturing fibres pattern and a nurturing fibres yarn because it's an entire nurturing fibres kit that I bought at the Knitting and Stitching Expo in Joburg back in the summer. It is called Adam's Hat which is named after Carly's third baby and it's a cute little self-stripe rainbow yarned hat with a little knot in the top and a picot edging around the brim. It's very quick knit if you want something just to throw together quickly. The odd bit of ribbon on it and that's that's it really. It's it's fairly straightforward. I cast it on on the train on the way to visit my friend when I first got back and knit on it for about a week, not constantly. You could probably get it done in a day or a day and a half if you wanted to do it full on but um, I just don't <laughs> do that kind of thing but uh, it's very cute. It's all washed and blocked. I haven't taken a picture of it. I haven't added the project to Ravelry. Yeah, I, I, there's no point doing New Year's resolutions for stuff like that because I know I just never do it. So at some point I'll get around to adding the project, but I will try and put a picture in the show notes so you can have a quick look at it. The pattern I think to buy is two, either $2 or $2.50, so it's not expensive. And it doesn't use very much yarn, so it's good for using up scraps. I think I was issued 40 grams of sock yarn, and I didn't use all of that, and I did the three to six months sized hat, just in case the baby has a big, big head. <laughs> so that is done, and it's in the hospital bag, and will be worn because it's very snowy here at the moment, so... The baby will definitely need a hat to come home in and it would be nice to look quite African and cool and very bright rather than something pastel-y. I'm not really into babies in pastels so although I have cast something else on in a slightly pastel-y shade but there you go. So that is Adam's Hat by Nurturing Fibres. Frogged is the striped study by Vera Valimaki that was being knitted in the red warmth of the sock club the most recent sock club by nurturing fibers and jelly bean which is also nurturing fibers sock club yarn both super twist sock i changed the pattern because i didn't like the way the colors were turning out on the jelly bean from garter stitch to stocking stitch and knit a load on it and then decided that actually no i don't like that either it's just not working it's just the colors work together the colors are the right kind of intensity but the pattern does not work with the jelly bean yarn. I should have realised this when Carly looked, like, looked at me like I beamed down from Mars when I suggested I was going to do that in a very polite way but <laughs> in a kind of are you sure that's going to be a good idea and I should have picked up on that but didn't and thought oh, I'll do it anyway. That was foolish of me so the, these two yarns will go into another project but it's not going to be that one. But I think I will still make the stripe study. It will be in something less busy for the contrasting yarn. On the needles, or a return to the needles, is the damask. It went to sleep for a bit when I wanted the needles for the stripe study, but now I've got I've got the stripe study off the needles and rewound into balls. <laughs> I could continue with this one. I but I'm not going to put it back on the same needles I was using <laughs> so uh, before Christmas I took part in a swap and I was buying some stuff from Pearlescence and just so happened to accidentally put into my basket a trial pair of uh, Chiao Gu red lace needles I went for 4mm because you never can have too many 4mm needles 
and it turns out that I'm not the only podcaster at the moment who is uh, giving these needles a try. Everyone on Ravelry bangs on about how great they are and I usually use Nipros uh, interchangeable needles. I actually prefer the Nova tips but I have the Harmony tips, is it the coloured wood ones? And I find them really irritating chiefly because once you've used them once the numbers that show you what size they are rub off and then you can put them back in a little cardboard casing thing but if they accidentally fall out which is entirely possible then you're just playing nip or roulette you don't know which one you've got it could be four mil it could be four and a half you could have one size on one end of the needle and another size on the other and you've got to kind of muck about in your bag and try and find a needle gauge and i just find that really irritating for needles that cost that amount of money i think they should come up with a better way of doing it so that you don't have to do that or just give you a free needle gauge you tight people at nipro i mean it's not like they were like two pound a pair just give me a needle gauge for free so yeah breathe joe breathe luckily for me in my swap with the south african swap group i got a needle gauge a nice little cute one i mean i have one but i just have to go reading around for it and i don't like doing that but now i've got a, a better one that's a little sheep and it's got the sizes around the sheep and it's wooden and nice and that fits in my little bag of accoutrements for for knitting you know like crocheting hooks and uh stitch markers and what have you so long story short not much um i'm transferring the damask onto those needles so i can test them and i'm hoping that by doing that if i like the needles i will then finish the damask i'm i'm going to get knitting on this because i've got this theory that somewhere cosmically is some some blocked energy field that will not be released until i finish this damask and maybe the baby will be stuck forever until i finish the damask so i'm going to get on with that and i will get quite a lot of work out of it uh, what wear work uh, quite a lot of wear out of it at the moment because it's pretty gold so that is my main focus of efforts at the moment which means the owls jumper which i've been working on again forever which is a pattern by kate davis being knitted in rowan british sheep breeds chunky as i know work done on it it's a negative ease jumper and i'm like nine months pregnant there's no point in knitting on it because when i go back to africa it's still going to be hot so i've got a few months to work on that yet work on fitting in it for a start and finishing it so that is uh it came with me from africa but it's not being worked on the socks for millie are ongoing if you watched the podcast the hangout you will have seen the socks i showed the my mother-in-law knits and i showed a stocking that she'd made for us for christmas on that which was enormous and then i showed the the finished shop for millie which is almost as big as the stocking i'm turning the heel on the second one and again these is these are something that i've got a theory that they're stopping the baby from arriving so i need to get on with them as well and finally i cast on a new cardigan for the new baby it is a king cole pattern i think it's by mary mills for king cole I have knitted it before, I knitted it for HBO when she was little and I've just finished the back on that. It's just an ordinary stocking stitch hoodie with a garter stitch border, knitted in pieces and then sewn together. I am knitting it in Sura Snuggly, which I had left over in my stash from someone else's baby that didn't get a hoodie and it is a 
like a softly striping one so it kind of goes from white to blue to white to green to white in a really kind of gentle shift kind of way so you get instead of getting little thin stripes you get quite large big bands really that is hopefully reasonably unisex and <laughs> that was a poem when I bought it to knit the hoodie for the other baby anyway so I'm working on that and we'll see how we get on with that it's just kind of mindless TV knitting really in terms of sewing there's been a lot of snowing sewing sewing on going there's been a lot of snowing as well it's been snowing all day here but um, I've been sewing a lot I sewed an apron for the Caithness Craft Collective apron swap which I've mentioned on a couple of occasions my recipient has received that now and so I can tell you that the fabric I used for that was a it was three bandanas that I bought in pick and pay which is kind of like Tesco's in the UK it's a supermarket and they are for the Sunflower Fund which raises money for bone marrow transplant type uh, research I think from memory that is complete on the uh, fabric it has the word hope written in the 11 South African languages which I thought was quite interesting and a little bit different along with some some flowers unfortunately I forgot to take a picture of that before I sent it but it turned out quite well I thought spurred on by that I also decided to make a load of baby aprons for the beast because she is too big for a babe and she's a bit too big for those all-in-one shirt things it's like a kind of a shirt you put on backwards like a really big bib where it's a bib on the arms and a bib down the front as well because she's quite tall so it means that even if she keeps the stuff off the front of her t-shirt it inevitably ends up all over her legs and all over her trousers so I decided that an apron would actually be better for that because then it could go over her knees so I made up my own design for that and knocked out about 10 of them in a day which was extremely exciting because I've been doing a lot of quite fiddly work recently with the sewing in sewing class and it was nice to just get something and make up a pattern and cut it and sew it and it'd be finished and do about you know five six seven of them without too much effort whereas at one time that would have taken quite a lot of effort so that kind of re remojoized the sewing for me because I've been getting a little bit bit threaders with it recently because it's very fiddly and learning new stuff and learning more advanced techniques it just takes a bit more effort so um, I made those I will I don't think I've got any pictures on me of them so you might have to wait for a picture of those but it's there's just polycotton or cotton and one side is a pattern the other side is a plain uh, coordinating colour with around the uh, neck and under the arms and the fastening is made out of bias binding just folded in half so they're really simple if there's a massive demand for it I'll put a little tutorial or something on the blog but to be honest with you anyone could do it it's not very complicated uh, but they seem to be working quite well she likes to wear those and they are keeping her reasonably clean which is nice although it's I'm sure Ariel are losing a lot of money in in washing powder other than that at sewing class I've been making her some pajamas and a dressing gown which I was planning on finishing to bring back to the UK because the flannelette and it's very hot in South Africa at the moment but it's not very hot 
in the UK. I finished the pyjamas and the dressing gown was halfway through being finished and I thought about bringing it back but then didn't because I tried the pyjama top on the beast and it's a, quite a long design anyway but I obviously made it a bit too big because I wanted her to have space to go into it and my husband came in from work just as she's running around really pleased with herself with this little uh, little pyjama top on and he just thought he was just like oh hello Moses because she did she did look a bit like Moses as in the biblical character albeit not not male and uh, it because the, the top was so long and it looks like you know the long shirts that you see in like the children's bibles and the pictures of them they all wear these long white shirts well she looked like that so I decided that actually it will probably fit her next year anyway so there's no need to worry and rush it so I ended up leaving the uh, dressing going there to finish next time. Other than that, there's been a lot of work on the interior design degree that I'm doing, which is very interesting, uh, but takes up quite a lot of time. So a lot of my kind of crafty time is being taken up by that at the moment too. There will probably be more of that creeping into the podcast as we go along with the course, because I find it quite interesting and there's a lot of things in there that appeal to crafty crafty types as well so as long as it's relevant then it might make a bit of an appearance in the podcast and now we've got a return of the south africa section and no south african will be on the south africa section until probably after i get back because i don't have ready access to that many south africans in the uk unfortunately this week we're going to be talking about Robben Island, which was the place that Nelson Mandela was held in prison for 18 of the 27 years that he spent in prison. It is a World Heritage Site and seeing as uh, Nelson was, or Mr Mandela Madiba was ill over Christmas for about three weeks, then I thought, oh, we'll do about Robben Island. We visited Robben Island in September and went to Cape Town. And it is an island in Table Bay. So to get there, you get on a boat from the V&A waterfront, which is a catamaran that we went on. And we went over there. There's quite a lot of people go at once. And there was obviously quite a large church out in there as well, because they all had church uniform on. The church is in Limpopo somewhere. But I have since then seen some of the ladies in the local village wearing the church uniform on a Sunday. So it must be somewhere reasonably close by. But as where we live in Limpopo is, you know, 500 miles away from the nearest coastline or sea. Not many people, I don't think, have been on boats from that church. So, and it was a catamaran and the driver was driving quite quickly. So it was, there was a lot of kind of bumping up and down coming off the water. Like um, when you're on a pirate ship on the fair and you, your belly tipples over as you go, you go down, or when you're on a swing, or, or if, if you go over a humpback bridge, uh, it was like that. And obviously, a lot of these people hadn't ever been on a boat before, so they were all really excited and sort of that kind of whooping and cheering, which was quite funny. We got there and we were shown, we were kind of ushered onto some clapped out old kind of buses and. You get a tourist guide and they come around with you and give you the history of the island. The current South African president, Jacob Zuma, was also 
uh, spent some time in oh, sorry on Robben Island. Robben Island itself has been used since the end of the 17th century as a prison, firstly by the Dutch, and Rot's where it gets its name from because Robben, R-O-B-B-E-N, means seal in Dutch. Then when the Brits took over, they used it as well. It's also been used as a leper colony in the 19th century, and then eventually it was transferred into the, under the apartheid regime. The actual prison itself shut down in 1996, and when you go and do your tour around the prison, you're shown around by a former political prisoner as your guide. It's not a um, it is a museum, but it's not the kind of museum you're probably used to in terms of quite often you ca you go in and you can walk around in your own time and there are lots of exhibits to look at and read and sort of do things your own way. The, it is just a derelict prison <laughs> in terms of everything's left as it was when you go and have a look at it, other than Nelson Mandela's prison cell which is done up in the style that it would have been when he was there so the things that he would have had and the way it would have looked is there but the rest of the prison cells and the rest of the prison is all just empty there's nothing else there and there aren't any boards to read or things to look at which I kind of prefer to do it that way and I like going in my own time and having to think about things and looking at the things I'm interested in because the main downfall I think of, of having someone tell you about it Obviously it's really good that you can have a former person who stayed there, former political prison, tell you about it because they were actually there. But you're in this massive group and it's very touristy as are a lot of things in South Africa. And then you get people who come on the tour and they don't listen to what the guide's saying. So you're all there trying to hear what's going on and not kind of make too much noise because you've got a baby with you. So you kind of need the back just in case she gets a bit bored and kicks off. And then you've got some foreigner jabbering away on the mobile phone and everyone's turning around looking at them going, can you shut up or get out please because we're trying to listen and you're banging on your phone, which is quite irritating. So for that reason, I kind of prefer to do things my own way rather than be told about things. But like I say, it was really interesting to be able to ask the, the prisoners or former prisoners what it was like for them. Sorry, you can probably hear the beast getting a bit angry in the background there. Um, it is quite expensive to visit in terms of a tourist attraction. I think the tickets were 230 Rand for an adult, which is about £18, I would say. I'm not really sure, entirely sure on the exchange rate at the moment. But obviously, if there's a couple of you and then a couple of children, the children still had to pay. I mean, quite often because the beast is under two you don't pay for them to go in, for her to go into tourist attractions because she's so small but we still have to pay for her and I mean I suppose yeah she's going on the boat but that was still a hundred and odd rand so it was, it was still quite expensive so not the cheapest thing to do particularly if you're in a big family but it's probably worth going and having a look at if you're interested in apartheid at all I will mention that in the terminal building there is an exhibition upstairs that gives you a bit more of the kind of written history and artworks and things of Robin Island but we didn't have a lot of time to spend in there because there was a mix up with our tickets and for some reason they booked us on tickets the week after when we'd already left which isn't apparently uh, you're not meant to be able to do that with the computer but they managed it so yeah if you're interested in that kind of thing it's worth going and having a look and on the way back 
from the island on the boat we stood at the back because I get quite seasick there were some really good views of Tibble Bay and the City Bowl and all that kind of stuff so that brings us on to the end of the episode I hope you've all enjoyed being here as much as I've enjoyed talking to you all I know it's been a little while but it's nice to be back if you would like to get in touch please do so via Twitter I am ShinyBees on Twitter and on Ravelry you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on the bottom of the blog and don't forget you can also send your questions to me for the infamous thong man and we will put those to him when he comes to visit next time and hopefully we interview him on the podcast until then hope you all have a great week happy crafting and speak to you all again soon bye Thank you.